Hello, I'm Fenya. I'm Susanna. And I'm Nick, and we probably shouldn't be friends. That's because we're from different places and we come at issues from different angles. Me, I'm a gay, mixed-race, working-class bloke. Boxes ticked. And I'm a traditional Catholic woman living as an immigrant in a very liberal country. And I'm a climate protester turned riot police. But what we all have in common is we're looking to figure out what the hell is going on in the world and how we navigate it. And we'll talk about everything from politics to dating, from mental health to nutrition. We'll look at history and current affairs for inspiration and we'll share stories from our own lives. All topics and viewpoints will be welcome, so if you're easily offended, switch off now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Shouldn't Be Friends. We have the whole trio here today. How are we, ladies? Hello. Yeah, happy to be back. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back. Um, today we're going to talk about body positivity because uh, summer's coming and mm. I'm sure a few of us have a few extra pounds around our waist than we would like. And, you know, maybe we're going to be inspired by the body positivity movement. Don't worry about those few extra inches <laughs> around your waist. Don't worry about looking like the Michelin man. Just Carry on eating to your heart's content. Is that a good mantra for life? Is that a good mantra for life? I think it's not. <laughs> because I've been on... But Well, I I was never in the body positivity movement. I was never in the, like, yeah. But I did kind of... Well, I was a bit overweight. Well, I'm still probably a bit overweight. But... um. No, you're just voluptuous. <laughs> voluptuous later. But um, I, did, I did for a long time think, like, what's, you know... I love my body. What's the problem? Like, it's my extra pounds, not yours. Get out of my face, that kind of thing. What? But um, then I realized that pounds, not yeah, yours. because people will come up. You know, people well-meaning, well-meaning people will tell you like, and like for example, the doctors, and and that's a really big topic of discussion. Going like, every time I go to the doctor, the doctor just focuses on my fatness and not on my actual. Oh, health it's like problems. when smokers say you know, they go somewhere and the doctor's like, "Well, you should give up smoking." They're like, "Oh, that's all they ever talk about." It's like, yeah, because it does that's actually have a big effect on your, on your, on your health. Yeah, and um, and just the messaging of lo- lo- love your body. Well, if you love your body, you should take care of it, really, shouldn't you? Or if you love yourself, then why not have more of yourself? <laughs> why not double in size? We'll Triple all become or quadruple. The, we'll all become the thousand pound sisters. Um, <laughs> so if we have a think about the body positivity movement, I did a little bit of research and it actually started back in the Victorian times. And it was a backlash against using corsets and what have you that were obviously very uncomfortable uh, to make the female body as appealing as possible to men, mm. which is weird in a way because they were covered from head to toe. But Well, it's about know. the shape, isn't it? Like the corset yeah. will make your waist tiny yeah. and then a big yeah. skirt underneath. And there yeah. were a few waves of it. So that was the kind of first iteration of it. And then the second was more about, it came around in the 60s um, and that was about reducing fat shaming Mm. and then the third wave in the 90s was about kind of making spaces that were that were welcoming for people that were larger to come together and exercise and then sort of the latest uh iteration of it has been um since social media you know there's been a lot of discussion about our cultural kind of um attitudes to body images and sizes and you know that's going to be an interesting thing to talk about because in a way we grew up in a time where we were under Kate Moss's slogan of nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. <laughs> you know, that was kind of the way the bodies were, wasn't it? Stick thin, anorexic. That was kind of what women in the magazines looked like, wasn't it? And then even though 
society in general was getting fatter and fatter. And I remember growing up with TV shows like Super Size vs. Super Skinny. Did yeah, you ever watch that? I watched that. I and um, Secret, Secret Eaters. I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I actually, that, yeah. after watching that show, I was like, because I always used to think like, I don't know why I'm so big. I don't even eat that much. But then after I watched that show, I was like, oh, actually, I eat a lot more than I thought I did. So to be fair, I did like that show. Um, what was the other one? And it keeps doing the rounds on TikTok at the moment. The blonde guy when he's really nasty to the fat people. Is it the like boot camp one where oh. they come in there for like three months and they have to lose as much weight as possible? No, he goes to them. Oh, I, I, it doesn't I matter. Know. I can't remember. But um Spen, you're like, what's kind of your interaction with the body positivity movement? How do you sit on, on this issue? Well, I can't really decide because I obviously don't think that it's good to promote unhealthy lifestyles, whether that's being too fat or too skinny. But I also feel like society just has way, way too much focus on bodies. Like yeah. I am a healthy woman. I can do anything. There's nothing that my weight or body stops me from doing. So why do other people still feel the right to come and comment on how I look? I mean, true. But humans are always going to do that, aren't we? We're always going to look at each other and decide whether we find each other attractive. Which or, is fair enough. You know, I just think that we need to keep that internal yeah. rather than constantly going around telling people either you're beautiful, you're perfect as you are, or you're fat, you're hideous, <laughs> you need to lose some weight. Like I think why not just leave it as... Internally, I find you attractive. Externally, I'm mm. just going to treat you like a human being. I just remember like being younger and my idea of fat people was wholly negative. Like just like I, it was just to me, it was quite, I'll just be honest, it was repulsive to me. I remember seeing, I think it was Dove that started with their adverts, didn't mm, it? Where yeah. they started putting on all different bodies, shapes and sizes. And at first I was just like, like, why are you showing this morbidly obese person on the TV? And they were a subject of kind of uh, being a joke, weren't they? I yeah. do think that it's important in a way to kind of rehabilitate the image of, of fat people and make sure that they know that they are part of our society you know because i think shame works in some ways like i think shame works as a deterrent from doing something but if you're already fat shame is only going to keep you there because mm. you just you know you don't want to go you feel you ashamed to, yeah. To, yeah. to get healthy yeah you've just written yourself off and you don't want to go to the gym because you know you think oh i'm this people massive fat person you, yeah. people are going to laugh at me people are going to think things of me when actually you know you might be fat but you're in the gym you know you're doing the right thing I think that's it. Like the key to it is your value, your value as a human being in society doesn't come from you being fat or skinny or perfectly toned or whatever. It comes from your human nature. But because we care about you and because we want you to be the best version of yourself, we also want you to be healthy. I think that's the right approach to it. And that means oftentimes people will, like I said, oftentimes people will say things as Fenya said to you, because they think like it's their place to comment on it or whatever. And sometimes it might be, sometimes someone might need to hear that because all they're hearing is, that is beautiful. You don't need to change anything about yourself. But we need to look at the way that the way the, that we say those things. Is it appropriate to say that in a, you know, in a massive group in front of everyone going, oh, maybe you shouldn't lose a bit of weight because it's unhealthy. Like, I think we should look at how we present those messages because both extremes are bad like well, telling yeah, someone yeah. you don't need to change anything about yourself because fat is beautiful is bad but also going up to someone when you're in a group setting or what you know so or in in public yeah just shaming them for being fat is also not 
I I just disagree though because I think that if someone is fat and they are unhealthy, they are well aware of that. Well, I don't that's think you true. get very many people. Who I don't know are this. Like, I know I know a couple of people, people lie that are to absolutely huge, <laughs> and they tell themselves that yeah. they're happy with it because they don't want to make the changes. You might be happy with it, but are you really? That can't be yeah, comfortable. Yeah, that's the thing. I, like, like, I, looking I can like imagine a, that they tell themselves yeah. that they're happy with it because they're just trying to be a little bit happier internally. But in reality, they know that they're fat. They know that they need to lose weight. They're just reluctant to do it. So mm-hmm. I think rather than having to go up to people and say, look, you're fat, you need to do something about it, which they clearly already know. Like, why not just offer to take them to a... Yeah, I think I, mean, I think that's it. You can encourage yeah. people to make healthier choices rather than celebrate obesity and gluttony. Because I don't, I don't think having the cover of every magazine, some morbidly obese person on there and calling it beautiful is is healthy. I don't think mm. we are in a way we are venerating and celebrating and laziness. affirming. Affirm- I, think I think as well though we're not because we're we're giving across this sort of well a lot of the magazines and everybody's always celebrating like all bodies and all body is beautiful and they're still like they're getting their plus size models in and stuff like that but in reality everyone still does want to be skinny everyone still has self-esteem issues because they all want to be skinny and despite the fact that we keep pushing this narrative that all bodies are beautiful and like you can be fat and gorgeous still people don't actually want that i don't know a single person so why are we doing it (laughs) exactly I, i just don't think that it's working no. So I don't think it works because it just it, again it's like with all the things that we talk about it's not grounded in reality like not everyone is beautiful some people are ugly and <laughs> it's just it's just truth but like like why you know, should it matter exactly still but got other like, things to offer you know exactly exactly unless that. they don't in which case but not. I think what, it, <laughs> what what the difficulty is is that in our day and age where you know the Instagram and social media generation I think everyone kind of gets whittled down to how they look you mm. know it's, we, we we judge each other and we connect with each other and we decide who we are going to follow in life based on superficial markers like beauty and what have you and in a way i think before we had the ability to augment ourselves or change ourselves through facetune or even through surgeries and botox and fillers and what have you there would have been a time if someone who wasn't attractive would have had to just accept that and find their own niche to make themselves you know uh, attractive in life Mm, they're just you know it's like it's like you know short short men you know they might be more they might think right okay if i want to attract a mate i'm gonna have to go out and earn some money and get some status in another way and you know ugly women would would figure out something else yeah (laughs) no no they would you know marry down or what have you um but now i love it in a way honesty yeah but now yeah we're here to be honest um but now in a way you are kept on this grind because there is a way you know you can go on instagram and completely change the way you look through apps and ai and so then you can keep in this unhealthy narrative that it's it, it, that you can that you have to be attractive. Do you get what I mean? If mm. you were ugly back in the day when you could do nothing about it, you would have dropped out of that race a long time ago. You just accepted but, it, yeah. But now you've got these still in the race, just getting worked up, hating themselves yeah. because they're trying to do something that they can't do. Well, I think even with the Instagram filters and all of these things. Sometimes, like, because I, when I had Snapchat, I fell into that, and there is a genuine, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a genuine diagnosis where people have um, anxiety and stress from the fact that they only look at themselves 
through their phone, mm. through the Instagram filters. And then oh when they my. see themselves in reality, they're super depressed because they're like, well, they how come I look so good on my Snapchat, on my Instagram? Mm. But then I look at myself in the mirror or in a photo that's not filtered and I look completely different. And people are genuinely depressed from that. I was watching yeah. I was watching an interview with a plastic surgeon and he was saying, you know, years ago women would bring in photos yeah, of I celebrities who they wanted to look like and now people are coming in with pictures of themselves they've taken with filters on and say I want to look like the filter. Yeah. It's and just so it, it goes beyond like body positivity movement often goes beyond weight and body size and it goes towards that like actually is it body positivity to tell you that you have to look like a plastic surgery version of yourself in order to be, uh, you know, valued? That's one side of it. And then the other side of it is completely let go. It doesn't matter what you look like. You're beautiful, jab of the hut, whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there does seem to be these two quite extreme contradictory narratives that are acting as though they're Part merging what, yeah. together, which I do find very bizarre. Because at one point, they're all like, love your body the way it is. On the other side, they're still, like, posting all these pictures of themselves, like, stomach sucked in. Or like, even stomach well, sucked out. And then it's photoshopped and airbrushed out. And what? I'm like, why are you... What are you talking about body positivity? When you take a photo of when yourself and then you, t like, cut off half of your thighs and, you know... If you mm. body positivity, take a photo of yourself, put it up there if you wish, cellulite and all. Like, mm. why are you airbrushing out your cellulite? I thought we were positive about bodies, you know? Mm. I think they're trying to do two different things, though, aren't they? I think there's two strains to this conversation. There's one about attractiveness and mm. fashion, and then there's another about health. And I think sometimes that's why people can't agree is because people are coming at it with two different uh, end goals. Mm -hmm. You know, health should really be the main one, yeah. shouldn't it? And being obese, it, it's just, it's plain not healthy. Yeah. And there's people out there, you know, I have a morbidly obese friend who, you know, says to me, oh, well, being skinny doesn't make you healthy and being fat doesn't make you unhealthy. And I'm like, well, if I was a betting man <laughs> <laughs> and you had a morbidly obese person and a thin person, I would put my money on the thin person being the healthier one. Depends on how thin. Yeah, yeah I mean, obviously, talking I'm talking about like healthy, healthy weight. I'm talking about yeah. healthy weight. Being obese thing, sets like off a whole train of health issues you know mm. it, it disrupts your endocrine system um insulin levels you can get diabetes i mean i don't need to tell um, people, um, people no and i think uh, people what people often fail to mention that obesity is often a symptom of d deeper issues like mm. it's it takes time and I don't know if I should call it effort or what, but it takes a long time to get to that stage. You, you and it kind of tells you something it, yeah. about the lifestyle and the kind of habits of that person. And it's not just about you carrying that extra weight and the immediate effect it has on your health. It's also about your habits mm. and your lifestyle and your mental health. Because like we talked about before, our bodies and our minds and everything like that is connected mm. and it has an effect. And if you're living a lifestyle of minimal movement and maximum eating, that tells me something about your mental state as well. Mm. And it's not about being nasty and saying like, you're lazy and you're not, you're not good enough to even go for a walk. Maybe you need support, mental health support. Maybe you need support in organizing your life because it all comes out of habits. And I've seen that in my own life. Like as soon as I ordered my, my kind of routine and my daily life, magically I started to lose weight. Why is that? Because I had a healthy habit set up mm. and I wasn't just eating to pass the time or like 
eat my feelings away or whatever but I actually was working on those things working on the things that I'm struggling with and as a result I didn't rely on food as comfort but as fuel for my day you know I get that I think though it's difficult because I think over 60 percent of British people are overweight 26 or 27 percent of people are obese and a further sort of 45 percent or something like 40 percent are overweight so that's a huge amount and not all of them are struggling with their mental health clearly i think there's also a lifestyle that we're living as a country i mean people don't know how to cook anymore doesn't that tie into like your habits and your lifestyle it does, but also if you're, it does, but well, there half is, of the nation is, is on antidepressants. Yeah, so well, no, it's not that much. It's like twenty percent. Um, still a half lot. Half of the nation, yeah. sorry, half of our generation is on antidepressants. I also. Uh, so where did you get that from? It was in the NHS, um, like in December. Half of our generation are like, on antidepressants. It was like fifty percent or forty-six percent of people between, like, I think fifteen and thirty-five or something, oh. were on antidepressants, something like that. Oh my god! So that tells you, though, it's not just an individual issue; it's, no, it's a societal a, issue. Yeah. And mm. so I believe, you know, a lot of people now don't know how to cook. They. Yeah. You know, they don't have a lot of time on their hands because, you know, women are, are going to work and having raising children. When are they fitting in the gym? Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I do I do mm-hmm. feel like it's unfair to put it all on the individual. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's a societal societal failure as well. But I think that we do have time. We just spend it on things that are not important. Like, for example, yeah. on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, you know, yeah, all of these yeah. things. If you like, if you do want to find the time, you will find the time. Well, that's it. If you want to watch Cory, do it on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the gym and watch Cory on your bike. I just have an issue, though, with how we're measuring whether people are obese, overweight. That's a if, really good if point. We're, if we're judging it on BMIs, BMIs are bullshit, to put it quite frankly. Really like, good point. Because you, you talk about these incredibly fit rugby players. They're all on the obese scale and they are professional athletes. Mm-hmm. And then I, I've always been on the overweight category and I don't consider myself as an overweight person. I, ad- no. I, I identify as not overweight. Exactly. <laughs> no, but you're relatively... As a healthy person. You're, no, you're, you're normal size. Yeah. You're relatively muscular, woman. aren't you? And is, like, is that what would take up your thank BMI? You. I, I like that, yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to think. But, um, I mean, they've got bigger legs than the average British woman. So that a lot of my weight goes into my legs, which mm. I can't get rid of because it, it's not, well, some of it's fat, obviously, but like, it's, it's just always got to be your there. Composition, yeah. It's just how I'm built. But I think the BMI is not, it's not like um, we're basing everything. I think the BMI is like a generic, you will never yeah, get Yeah, but those, perfect... what she's saying is those statistics are based yeah, off of BMI and, and BMI and then, is an imperfect science. Well, yeah. I don't know how much it really is useful. I think, Maybe if you did people's like body fat percentage yeah, or body fat percentage waist circumference or what have you, that's yeah. probably a good way to look at it. Yeah. But I just, yeah, BMIs and they're so disheartening as well. When you mm. step on that scale and then you're told that you're overweight and you're just like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, and then you just sort of eat more because you're depressed. And you, I know, literally. You weren't actually overweight to begin with, but now you've gone down this spiral of thinking that you're overweight. And now you've got this hyper fixation on your weight. I know this because I've been through it myself. Oh, like, I know. It's horrible, isn't and, it? And it is horrible. And then you just sat there focusing on nothing but your body. And it's like, well, why should it even matter that much? Like This is the, like me yesterday. I felt a bit fat after the gym and I thought, oh, you're so fat. You really need to get your life together. And I was but like, you're not fat. I know, wait. And I was like, you, you need to get it together. And I was like, right, okay. And I was like, oh, God, it's late. 
because I was here till like, late and I was like, oh, so I'll get a McDonald's. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, right, tomorrow I'll only get chicken selects. I won't get the chips. The healthy, <laughs> the healthy options. Yeah, I was like, I won't get the chips. And then I was like, oh God, I really fancy a glass of wine before I change my life tomorrow. And it's like, <laughs> it's just that weird shame and then hope and then shame again. And you, you sabotage yourself. So then you're in shame again. Yeah. And then, yeah. But, but, that's, <laughs> but that's normal. You know, you have to, I think that, it's again like the other side of it where it's like you're never allowed to eat anything that's branded as quote unquote bad food. Yeah. You're not gonna enjoy your life. It's mm. not gonna be fun. That you need to have balance. Like obviously you can eat trash once in a while, but if all your whole diet, like you were saying, my mom was actually telling me yesterday she was walk walking um around our street and people had their bins out because it was bin day. And she was saying the amount of like ready meals that people eat because everything in their recycling bin is full of packets. like ready meals packets, like burgers from Tesco that they just pop in the microwave. If you're if that's your only it's beyond weight. Like your body's not getting the nutrition surely, yeah. that you need. And you can actually be a mal malnourished of some nutrients, but still be obese and overweight because you're only eating trash. Do you know what? There's this guy and I would recommend everyone follows him. He's called The Fitness Chef on um, Instagram. And he he puts to bed a lot of this rubbish because he's like... You know, there's so many different uh, fads out there and lies about what, you know, this good food and bad food. Yeah. And he oh, he's just brilliant. So he's put up here on Instagram um, the idea of what you think is a healthy snack or what's a good food versus what's mm. a bad food. But he was like, it's all in the calories. It's simple. It's not, oh, you can't eat carbs or you can't eat anything sugary. It's that you need to be in a calorie deficit. So he's put here, you know, you would think a healthy snack, eight Brazil nuts, would you think? Well, that's 245 calories. But if you were to have a Mars bar and a Snickers bar, that's only 194 calories. So it helps you see in your mind what what you're eating. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I do feel like the whole calorie focus as well isn't particularly great because, I mean, there are healthy fats, there are vitamins yeah. that you're going to find from Brazil nuts. Of course. Whereas when you're eating a Mars bar, it's just purely... What do you mean? My no, Mars bar hasn't got vitamins. <laughs> no, of <laughs> course, no it's more... Value. It's way more nutritional, and that's definitely true. But I think what it is, it's, it's helping normal people realise that if they eat a Mars bar, it's not the end of the world because calorie-wise, yeah. it's actually less than Brazil nuts. So don't go live on Mars bars, but mm. it's more, you know, there's one here, he, he did another one with two slices of bread with cream cheese on it is actually more calories than four glasses of wine. It's not to say don't eat bread <laughs> with cream cheese. Wine. Yeah, just drink wine. Just, like drink wi <laughs> just drink wine, but it's, just, it's, it's actually, it's a bit like that doom loop I was describing yeah. myself. Oh, I'm going to have this chicken selects. Oh, well, I might as well have a bottle of wine. No, actually, it's not that bad. The calories aren't that high. You can still stay within the realm of your diet. Now let's not go further and sabotage more. I that's think what that's I mean. definitely a cycle that, a lot of people fall into of like if you eat one food that's branded as bad you just completely like binge on horrible stuff or mm. you know like you just let go completely because you're like well i've already ruined it so mm. i may as well, well keep and then the next day you try and the same thing happens again. <laughs> oh i know but it's so good i find myself sometimes like oh i shouldn't eat this but 
you know, I might have, I don't know, a, a Cadbury's button. And then you're like, oh, well, I've had the Cadbury's button now, so I can have the whole pack. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like you dip your toe in the water and then you jump all the way in. You're like, oh, I fucked it now, so I might as well just go Cadbury's all the way in. Cadbury's buttons. <laughs> I don't even eat chocolate. I don't know why I say Cadbury's button. I don't <laughs> even so like cute. chocolate. You I'm don't a, like chocolate? No, no, no. It gives me headaches. Oh, wow. I don't know why. I am a, I am like a cake and cookie type person. I like pastry as well. That, um, like, that gets me. You could put a Mao in front of me Harry Bow, I would, I wouldn't touch it. I'd, I'd let it rot. It'd probably take a thousand yeah, years. Yeah, it wouldn't <laughs> rot. It would but, just be there in perfect, like yeah. we'd all rot away, and the Cadbury and the yeah. um, Moam is still there. What are your weaknesses? Like in terms of food? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't need your whole life. So story. many. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> I work too hard. Oh, she's got that <laughs> ready like for her interviews. interviews. <laughs> I had someone say that oh, I actually am a perfectionist, and so I, I said that in an interview once, and he rolled his eyes. I was like, "No, no, I actually am," and it means I procrastinate <laughs> yeah, and don't do anything yeah. because I'm a perfectionist. It, but because anyway. if it's not perfect, it's not worth doing it. Exactly. So I bought a book: "Do it first, get perfect later," and it helped my life. But anyway, what's I your weakness? Yeah, what's Fenya? your weakness, Fenya? What are you munching on? Other in the than late kittens nights? on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, probably cakes, pasta, um, carby foods, mm. bread. I love bread. Oh, yeah. See, I'm not a big bread person. Oh, you're mad. I, I love sourdough bread. I do not like toast, British no, toast No, I, I hate that crap. I'm oh, yeah, no, supermarket bread. Like, yeah. I'm talking about like good Fresh bread. Made, yeah. Bread. yeah. When I lived in France, oh, every morning... When you walk through the like town, you'd smell the fresh baguettes <sighs> baking, and I would—I kid you not—I would buy a baguette and like every day mm. eat a whole. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what? it's not that bad because it? they don't have all the preservatives yeah. in them that you or have sugar. here. There's it's no sugar in like in British oh, bread. The, it's there's the sugar traditional in ones. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and it's so crispy. To be fair, they are smaller. Like they're not like the gigantic. And they're ones quite and thin, aren't they? But I always got the tradition because I didn't like the normal one. But Killian's mum, whenever I go over, she won't. Um, buy that one because it's it's more than one euro <laughs> <laughs> they have a big thing you know how we measure inflation through the price of a freddo yeah, over there they do it by baguettes. the price of a baguette nice yeah um what's your weaknesses uh definitely like chocolate sweet stuff and then meat i love meat. i eat so much meat honestly like i need if I if I that's like, the Eastern I, European in you yeah mm. Eastern European definitely meat potatoes starchy food love it because my friend who's Hungarian was telling me during communism meat was cheaper than vegetables so people ate loads of it is that was that true in Slovakia I don't, don't know, know. Oh. but um well the diet would be like meat and potatoes basically mm. um I don't know if it was meat was well people had their own I think that's why it was cheaper because people would have their own livestock and things like that right okay and they would exchange because there was a very sh <laughs> the market was like non-existent so they would like exchange what the, like you know say your neighbor mm -hmm. had ducks you'd switch you know the duck meat for like I don't know chicken oh well you don't need to switch that but like pork or something right, so people see, would yeah. do like their own business mm. in so a way so what helps with your cravings guys I suppose if you figured think that out, we'd all be sticked in, wouldn't we? What helps with my craving is that, like, when I come home, I want food right now. So if I have, like, snacks, I will snack on those, eat, like, a whole bar of chocolate, and then still have my dinner. 
But if I do it the other way around, so if, I, if I'm like, no, I'm going to actually have some self-control and I will eat my dinner first and then have like three squares of chocolate, I'm satisfied with that. But if, I, yeah. if I'm like starved after a whole day and I start eating the chocolate, I will eat, I can eat like four bars of chocolate. <laughs> there's, no, like, there's no stopping me at that point. We're going to have to film you do that one episode. <laughs> well, I don't do that anymore and that's changed my life. No. Oh. Um, but then during the pandemic, I got myself a bit into a bit of like a better shape. And then after when I got a full time job and I let go a bit more mm. and that this year I've started again, like trying to be more disciplined about food. And I always noticed like after like six weeks, two months, the cravings stop coming because your body yeah. gets used to your new habits and stuff. So it's like, it's a lot, I know everybody says it and it's super annoying. And I used to be like, I want to punch those people in the face. <laughs> but once you get, get get into that habit, it's just na- like, it comes naturally. Yeah. And you stop having those urges to like eat four chocolate bars every day yeah. because your body doesn't, crave it and it's not expecting it so. yeah once you get out of the loop you're kind of broken, broken until you fall you? into it again until you fall into happen. it again at some point but you know for now let's <laughs> hope we're gonna be able to stick to it what about you fenya what's your how do you break your cravings so well i'm not usually that bad day to day i'm more of a my issues are binge eating where i've had a bit of a shit day <laughs> and i'll come home i can just imagine just all these packets of crisps like hidden in your wardrobe oh, so, well, <laughs> under no, the bed they're not even hidden <laughs> they're no. just out on the table. well that's the thing i will only do it on my own if there's someone else around uh. i won't binge eat like i do by myself i'll just sit there with like a bowl of macaroni cheese and just eat like seven portions worth <laughs> and then it's like, the actions you, and we're not laughing at you or what you're saying is the actions are you enjoying it while you're doing it or are no, you like for fuck's no. sake what am i doing exactly it gets to a point halfway through and i'm like i'm not even enjoying this anymore but i physically cannot stop <laughs> And um, anyway, so it'll usually just be like the one meal when I'll just eat like an obscene portion of it. And then sometimes I'll have a few donuts afterwards and then just hate <laughs> myself for a day. <laughs> but then like the next day I'll be fine. But I have sort of managed to, to stop that a little bit. Just I don't eat sugar anymore. Um, so okay. it's not like I'm super strict about it. I'll still eat fruit. I'll still eat bread. I'll still eat like carbs. Because if I go too extreme... I know I'm going to fall off the bandwagon mm. and go on another mm. macaroni cheese binge. So, <laughs> Why macaroni cheese? Oh, it's such a comfort food. Okay. It's what I make when I'm sad. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> Bless you. So, seven portions. Seven portions worth. Eat it all in one night. That's the way to do it. But, um, wow. Yeah, but like I noticed just by not eating cakes, sweets, chocolates, basically, I go quite strict on the refined sugar, basically. Mm. And then once I'm off that, my body doesn't seem to crave it as much. And now I sort of crave savoury foods instead. And they're better for me personally because I'm borderline diabetic, which just runs in the family. Right. It's because you're overweight. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Exactly. There we go. Because my BMI says I'm overweight. (laughs) What about you, Nick? um... You're definitely right where if you cut out the sugar, you stop craving it. You Mm. do. But I just love the sugar. Same. and it's um, like the best, tr- you know, like yeah. once you've had a satisfying meal, yeah. the best thing that can come after it is a good dessert. So for me, I'm always stuck in this kind of love-hate relationship with routines because I hate being in a routine. I feel really constrained, restricted, but also like my life's good when I'm in a routine. So I have this fight. And what helps me is if I prepare, if I, if I prepare my lunch first or if I maybe prepare my dinner first or if I start preparing my because a lot of the time with myself I will wait until I'm really hungry to start preparing my dinner and sometimes I'm like fuck it I'm going to just buy a pizza you know mm. 
But when I cook, I actually cook really healthy food. And if I make my own food, I, I don't buy, like I don't have like, snacks in the house or anything like that. Um, so when I'm organised, I'll eat healthily because I like that food and I cook it and I spend my time and I enjoy doing that. Um, but if I'm in a rush and I'm not organised, then that's when we can fall off the wagon and do that. I also find that I do like a cookie. So my housemates at uni used to call me the cookie monster <laughs> because I'll just get, a, I'll go to Sainsbury's or M&S and I'll get a pack and I'll eat them. Um, <laughs> and what I do find is maybe if I go and get like a small small lollies like ice lollies or whatever and keep them in the freezer and i've got something sweet so it stops me going out and buying a pack of cookies and eating them all instead i'll just have like one ice lolly you know just mm. i suppose it's just thinking ahead and also not being too strict of yourself when you do the weekly shop you know not being like i won't buy anything unhealthy actually in a way buy your unhealthy things plan ahead and then you won't be tempted to go out and overcompensate for it you know yeah. the other day i have to confess the other day it was it was when it was really really hot outside and i went out to eat and i was actually i didn't want the burger and i was really shocked with myself because i was like i used to judge people who went to restaurants and ordered a salad but i was like i actually want the salad and i was like what is wrong with you woman you're growing <laughs> what up what have you become she's graduated from the fat salad. <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> like what is wrong with me i need to change back to the person i used to be but no see i like that if i go out to eat i i actually quite like a healthy option but sometimes you feel like you're wasting it you're exactly. like i'm wasting the money on something that might not fill me up it's that it's that risk of what if it doesn't fill me up for me it's not what if it doesn't fill me up for me it's like I, I'm not going to make myself a burger at home, but I can make myself a salad. Mm. True. It's that kind of thing. Like, I don't want to waste it. Like, I'm not going to make myself a um, wood fire pizza at home, but I can make <laughs> myself a freaking, like, couple pieces of lettuce and chicken. You know, I can do yeah. that at home. So for me, it's that, like, what a waste. What like, a wa but yeah. I genuinely craved it, and it was delicious. I loved it. But I just get upset by the markup on salads. Yeah. Yeah. Why are they so expensive? Why, that's another issue I have. Why is healthy food so much more expensive than unhealthy food? Probably because it's, I don't know. It's more right. Even in the, the cafeteria here, yeah. you can go and get your full meal, which is usually fish and chips, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, for three pounds. Mm. You get a salad, three pound 20. Sa a salad's only vegetables. <laughs> so why is, why is fish cheaper than vegetables? And very chips, true yeah. very true i think I, so in the supermarket if you if you're not like hell-bent on buying organic and like locally sourced foods you can get a week's worth of shopping for the price of like one day of eating out and yeah. um ready meals because you know yes the carrots cost 60p but the carrots are gonna last in oh, 40p whatever <laughs> but they're gonna last me like three or four different you know you can make meals, three or four different yeah. meals yes the chicken costs whatever it is six pounds but that's gonna feed me for four or five days so when you add it all up you get like a four days worth of food in for like 20 quid whereas if you go out or you know yeah i find when people say that un that healthy food is really expensive i don't know what they're talking about because i only buy out. fresh ingredients so i only buy like salad fruit vegetables and then meat or fish that's all i buy and my shopping bills are always lower than everyone else i know yeah. who buys ready meals who buys pre-prepared food who buys crisps and snacks but when home. you go out, mm. I, I do see what you're saying when you go out. Salads There's do such seem a to be on health. Because health's become this sort of sexy thing. sellable yeah. trend. Well, I suppose Rather in a way than just the the presumed what it should be and then you go out and treat yourself for the unhealthy food sort of thing. But I suppose in a way, like 
if you're going to get a salad out, it's probably going to be better quality ingredients. So like if you're having grilled chicken in your salad, then they can't just take the bits of bones and crush them into a nugget. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> They're gonna, that's going to be cheaper. Do you get what I mean? I, I feel like in a way, in a salad, what you're eating, the quality of the ingredient matters more. So it's probably going to be more expensive in a way, maybe. I mean, that's I me clutching know. at straws. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know, but I it's a good point. I think there is an element to it that... They know that people will order that because it's trendy, so they know yeah. they can afford to. And they can take their picture of them smiling with their salad yeah. and stick it on Instagram, and they don't have to be ashamed of the fact that they've eaten a burger. I'm so not ashamed, do, um, but <laughs> well, oh, yeah. I really want a burger now. Yeah. <laughs> Should we go for lunch after this? But back to the kind of body positivity talk that we have everywhere. Um, people are only getting fatter, yeah. so it's difficult in a way because I feel like in a, it, the body positivity movement has politicized this conversation so then it does become less about health and we're really what we're talking about is attractiveness and what we deem mm. as attractive do you find weight to be an issue in your dating lives or would you go out with a fat person you know have you been rejected because someone's thought that you weren't in the right size or personally probably yes to all of the above <laughs> i i would have no issues going out with a fat man well depending on how fat he was like, <laughs> right bmi of 32 if, if like if i don't know what that means i don't know what that means yeah. it depends on your height. Is 30 okay. apparently well so like if if i'm going out with a man who cannot hike up a mountain what about me. half a ton son no <laughs> i'm not gonna go out with someone who if i buy him a holiday i have to book him two seats on an airplane because i can't afford that <laughs> why not have two boyfriends um, i don't know how they afford to so, eat what they eat well yeah that too well i don't want to throw the, the female card in here but i definitely think we're more harshly judged for our size i know i was i was a little bit bigger when i was at university and i got criticized a lot i'd have a lot of people say like oh you'd be so attractive if you lost a little bit of weight God. i had <laughs> at one time i went on a sailing trip with some friends and i jumped off the boat into the water i was wearing a t-shirt because i hated my body so much and one of my friends took the initiative to film me and then showed me my stomach wobbling as I jumped into the ocean in slow-mo on repeat <laughs> afterwards. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, oh <laughs> where'd you God. get off doing that? And that was because he had body image issues himself. So it made you. him feel better about himself. Like, <sighs> showing that to me. But at the same time, I was probably the fittest I've been in my life. I was passing... Um, military fitness assessments i was in the otc i was going off shooting and running in the forests every weekend like yeah. i was still fit and healthy but people had such an issue with my weight way more than i had i really? never had an issue with my weight it was other people that had the issue with my weight and again i'm talking like a size 12 here size 12 14 which isn't yeah no. it's like a normal no. size it's yeah. like normal woman size yeah. but where i'm short it it looks bigger on me yeah, yeah. so it's always had an impact on my life Whereas I don't really see it as as much of an issue on other people's lives. If they can still do everything, then I what's do, the problem? I do think you're right. I think I do think it's changing though. I do think men are becoming no, like I I I, I think you're right in terms of the the ownership people think they have over female bodies and to comment on it and what have you. But I also think that it's becoming more of an issue for men as well. Like with the social mm. media generation, oh, you see yeah. a lot more men. Yeah. Um, having body dysmorphia i know a few men who really struggle with it you know they, but for a lot of men it's like they don't feel that they're muscular enough and yeah what have you um and then you know men getting surgeries and uh, filler and botox and all of that it's starting to rather than get better for women do they come down to weight men, it, there's it's not the equally bad for everyone it, now right? men are starting to feel more pressure 
and I think that's a shame because I think a lot of women don't actually tend to be that picky when it comes mm. to a man's size. Like obviously they don't want morbidly obese, but a man who's got a dad bod or whatever, a lot of women don't really mind that. Well, do they? It's, like I said earlier, it's all about if you are the size, like Fenya said, the way you need two <laughs> seats on an airplane, it Sorry. tells me something about your lifestyle, your priorities, your habits. And that's- but what if they just have the fat gene? Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. Yeah, well, um, sorry, I don't want to pass that gene onto my kids. There we go. That's an excuse. There is eugenicist. <laughs> um, I'm not saying I would kill him. I'm saying I don't want to mate with him. <laughs> Just take away his means of reproduction. Um, but um, no, no, no. Just I don't. You can you can reproduce joking, all you I'm want. Joking. I don't want to reproduce with you. No. Oh, God. <laughs> but um. <laughs> well, you have every choice. But um. You know, I think it tells you something about the... And I see it like... I'm not talking to judge other people. I see it in my own life. Mm. Like, being overweight and having the kind of attitudes in life that, you you know, lead you to that place tells me something about your lifestyle and i'm not i like you said most women don't care if you've got a bit of like stomach fat rolls and whatever most of us have them anyway like mm. most women have them most men, we don't care about that we don't need someone to look like a chad and have the like jaw mm. where i can cut my vegetables on your jaw like it would I, be handy though, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> but well, um yeah. but at the same time if you don't care about yourself enough to keep yourself healthy mm. then it tells me something about your mindset, your lifestyle, everything. So if you don't love yourself enough, you need to sort yourself up, out first and then you'll be ha like ready to love someone else. You know yeah, what I, mean? I, I do think you're right. I think it is a sign of issues. I think there are many things that can m slow your metabolism down. You know, people talk about the fat gene or how they're big boned or, you know, yeah, they've got an endocrine problem or thi thyroid issue or they're all valid. But I always say to my friends, because you can get, it's like all these issues we talk about. People can get weighted down in the minutiae of things. But if you, try and see things with a clear eye if you don't put it in you can't put it on you know don't eat it and you won't but also like those is issues are not gonna those issues can cause like some weight gain but they're not gonna make you morbidly obese they're not gonna make you like a thyroid i know people to be fair my friend right she knows this girl who was thin she was like a size six right over like three months i think she was like they were talking about she had a thyroid issue or diabetic or something over like a period of like four months, she like tripled in size. She's now like a size eighteen. Mm. Like it's. It, but is it she just didn't change. because of the medication, or did she have a change in lifestyle? Like, what is the? No, she didn't. Her life stayed the same. Okay. I've never said, but that is really an anomaly. Rare, like yeah. really rare, but it can happen. It can. I mean, and it can it's happen. got a lot to do with people's metabolisms as well. So yeah. like, I've seen it. I used to be like really skinny when I was at secondary school, and then I hit about eighteen, and all of a sudden my metabolism was gone. Yeah. And I used to be able to eat absolutely anything and not put on any weight. And then one day I'd smell some yeah. fried chicken and <laughs> put on a stone. So like, <laughs> I'm literally the same. Yeah, I'm the so same. it's just like the, the difference is not just in lifestyle, but in sort of where you're at in your life yeah, as well. Yeah, that's true. And what's going on in your bodies. And 
But at the same time, like, I think that people are taking these examples and taking them, even a size 18 is not morbidly, like, you know, m- extreme morbid obesity. Yeah. I don't know, I would call that fat. I would, it is I would fat. Say that Depending on fat. If I was a size 18, that would be me morbidly obese. But at the same time... You would be a space hopper, you'd be round. <laughs> yeah, because I'm five foot three, so yeah. it carries But at the same time, you have people hell. who are, like, size 28, and they say, oh, it's my genetics. Well, is it your genetics? <laughs> <laughs> is this... Maybe, it might slow your may, metabolism yeah. down, but you if you've got a slower metabolism, I'm sorry, but nature says you just eat. You got to eat less and well, exercise more. You know, you know even like the, I know, I do think that there is no such thing as an because we're all different heights, different sizes. You know, whatever. I don't think we should all be like size ten or size no, six. No, there are, there is a there is no a spectrum one of health. Size twenty eight. You know, but um, but if you are extremely, extremely, extremely obese, don't tell me it's because of your, you know. Mm. genetics only like your habits and your lifestyle have an effect on your weight and your health like you need Mm. to oh like i i don't have an issue with you being you are at that stage and that's just reality i'm not gonna be like well you shouldn't be at that stage i'd rather be like fenya said how can we help you get out of that stage but at the same time when you're blaming everybody else and taking zero ownership of your own actions that's not good for you you know Mm. who is it helping it's not like someone force fed you to the point where you're that size. You were the one who were taking those actions. So I think the first step, t- like that was in my, my, I mean, I never was this 28, but um, in, in my own life. <laughs> you talk you know, about yourself like you were massive. <clears throat> like, I wasn't that massive, but I, you know, I was, I was overweight and I still am. And that's, you know, I'm working on I it. I wouldn't call you overweight. I wouldn't call you overweight. But, okay, thanks guys. <laughs> Stroke my ego more. No, but um, I think when it came to the stage where I realized like, actually this is not something I can blame on other people this is something I've done to myself and something that's in my control and I can change it it's such a freeing and like that helps you so much be ha- mm. like t- towards happiness because you realize I'm not a victim of my obesity I can get out of it I can work on it and I can actually do something about it and I think that's something where yeah. people often they want to offload the blame and be like well there's nothing I can do about it I was born this way no, you weren't. No one popped out the womb size twenty eight. But I think that's. I think people make these excuses because of the shame, and I, I do feel as though, for me anyway, what's always helped motivate me when I've wanted to lose weight or get in shape is, the, is thinking about my health rather than my yeah. what my body's going to look like. Because I just think that that is a, it's just a negative thing to get caught in. I think it yeah. is a doom loop. I think that's easier said than done, though, because I yeah. think a lot of people do go, oh, I'm doing it for my health. Like, I've said that before. Oh, I'm, I'm just trying to be healthier. I'm like, no, I'm fucking not. I'm trying to be skinnier because I want to look like the yeah. women in the magazines. But that's what and I'm saying. I, like, I'm, for I'm me, like... I'm deluding myself well, yeah, by saying but, that. But so, then I also think you can be motivated. But I can be... It's helped me being motivated by my health. The idea of, oh, look, what I'm eating is nutritional. It's, it's fueling my body. It's going to make me feel good. To me, I can find that as a motivating factor. It won't work for everyone. Mm. Or you can have both motivations. There's nothing both, wrong with yeah. wanting to look better, your best and feel your best and no, no, but at I the think same time. Why I'm saying it is, is in a way it helps you escape the shame. Because if yeah. you're focusing on your body, then you're also going to be hyper aware of your body when yeah. you're thinking about how long a journey you have to go. Whereas if you think about your health, I do think that can motivate you in a maybe more positive way where it's not all about body image. So how do you manage to separate the two then? How do you manage to focus? Because I can't do that because I'm just lying to I myself think maybe, my brain if I say it. Maybe educating yourself on the risks to your health of certain foods that you eat and drinks that you consume. 
um, and lack of exercise. Also, I think as you start to get older, you start thinking about longevity and you want health as you get older. Otherwise, you know, you don't want to lose your mobility or, you know, get unhealthy. And just being very aware of what you're putting in your body and actually thinking, oh, if I were to eat this instead, I wouldn't feel bloated. And oh my God, you know, how much more confident would I feel through my day? if I wasn't feeling bloated or this feeling of I'm looking after myself, I feel like they are positive motivating factors. Is that doing anything for you or not? <laughs> no, I, no. I, I just, I just can't believe it. I just sort of feel like anybody who says that is lying, but I don't know if that's just because how I feel, because every time I sign up to a new gym, why do you want to join the gym? I'll never tick the lose weight box, but in my head, I'm thinking that's it's, it's but, losing weight. Yeah, but but lose, I'm too ashamed yeah. to admit to people that I, the only thing that I care about is losing weight and looking skinny because I feel like I shouldn't want to do that. It, like, I, obviously, I want to be healthy, but that's like a... It's not really your Mentally, internally, factor. that's a sideline factor. Like, yeah. Do you think reality, it can, it's so deeply I, I ingrained think it can be both. inside of me. That do you not I, get like a thought of like when you're working out, like, oh, I'm strong, like I'm capable, I can be ready for whatever no, comes my so way? I, I get a weird no. reaction from exercise and that everybody else seems to get a flood of endorphins. I yeah. get really weepy. Do you? Yeah. You know, maybe it's just a release. Like every time I do something really difficult in the gym, I'll have to pop into the toilets and have a little cry and then carry on. <laughs> oh, so really? Yeah, like genuinely, it doesn't like everybody. Ryan like goes <laughs> off and he exercises and he's like, I feel so good for that. I'll come back yeah. from a run and be like, just don't talk to me for half an hour. I need to be by myself and then I'll be fine. <laughs> You're a freak of nature, what? <laughs> but maybe it's just me that's got these. Yeah, that. yeah. I, I've never met anyone who's said that that anyone who wants to look after their health is lying. <laughs> I think I think oftentimes it comes from the like I think the thing that we should rebrand body positivity as maybe is yes you should accept your body as it is because that's what it is now and you should still love it at the state it is now but loving my body also means I like we already said I want it to be the best possible version of itself so I, I'm accepting myself and loving myself as I am because that's where I'm at now I'm not going to hate myself for being in this state whatever state you're at but at the same time, that will then help me motivate myself to become better. And I think it goes beyond weight. It goes into like other areas of life, like your job, anything. Mm. And once you adopt that mindset, which is really, you, you know, it's really hard and it takes ages and it comes and goes. You do start, I understand what Nick says, like you do start to have those feelings of like, I want to be the best version of myself that I can possibly be. And I want to be my healthiest. But it comes with like self-love and self-acceptance really and accepting acceptance of your own failures in a way like yes i know i'm not good at this but i want to be so i'm going to try and do it well that's know? it and also if, if you start to lose weight not maybe by going to the gym because at the end of the day the gym is boring and i i would be kind of skeptical of keeping that up if you find a sport you like you're like i want to get better at you know if you took cycling and then eventually you're like i want to i want to do the london to brighton bike ride oh, i want to do the london to paris bike ride. do you know what i mean there's these things that you will improve your health to be able to do or like running, oh, I'd like to go up towards a marathon or yoga or something. Like, oh, I really want to be able to do that position, you know? I feel like maybe those things can kind of motivate. But back to the kind of body positivity movement so we can kind of wrap up. I do feel that they have something in terms of wanting to rid the shame. Because I, I feel like the shame can deter you from letting yourself get fat. But once you're fat, I think the shame could keep you there. So think, it's a bit... Yeah, I don't think shame should be there at all. Yeah. I don't think it should. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think it should. Why should people with healthy bodies still feel shamed into being yeah. healthier? 
Yeah, that I did that yeah. there quotes. <laughs> you were wondering. You can't see. How. But that's that's what I mean. Is in it, it can't really work because it can only work as a deterrent. But then what about the people that are, are already there? So we shouldn't use the shame. Mm. And it's like what Susanna says. You know, we should try and hold up the value as being healthy. Obviously, people want to be attractive, but then you know maybe that's why but the being image healthy of is yeah being the image you know? of attractiveness has to be healthy image and a healthy body. And so to me putting fat people on the cover of magazines and on on our adverts and saying that that's normal it's just to me it's unacceptable but like what, it's unacceptable what i get a bit annoyed at is that on the cover of these magazines you either get skinny and gorgeous or you get fat there's nothing in between <laughs> yeah. you're so right so like there's yeah. that's the thing like I've got the normal th- bodies there's becoming more of a movement i've seen on the internet towards these sort of mid-sized bodies and they're bodies that are not unhealthy at all. They're just, just like maybe average. they enjoy food. And like, what's wrong with enjoying a bit of food every now and again? But they're still healthy. They're still like, their health, their size isn't impacting on their health whatsoever. So why aren't we using more of these just average looking people on the cover? Because of I think that on men's <sighs> health, on like... Because these people that you put on the cover of a magazine or people you put on the telly, they're aspirational. If anyone could go on the cover of a magazine, it would lose its value as cover of magazine. We should be holding up the best bodies, the most beautiful people on the front of our, on our magazines. I don't really want to see Karen who works in Sainsbury's on the cover (laughs) of Vogue. I I don't want to, no, you would, you don't buy Vogue for that. Probably not on the cover of Vogue, but I mean for, for modelling clothes, for example, in a shop. I'm not saying for like catwalk models because that's a profession and if that's how they need to look for their profession, fair enough. But that's also, they put 100% of their time into looking like that. That is their job. Yeah. Whereas when you're looking at clothes from like Tesco clothes, for example, like why does it need to be fat and skinny? Yet again, why can't you just have some average looking people modelling the clothes because it's usually going to be average looking people that are wearing no. these clothes. I can get behind that because in a way you want to... I mean, I... I, I can get behind that because in a way, like, okay, I know that that T-shirt looks good on someone who's got a six-pack, but, like, yeah, what does it look is like it gonna on look a... Good on me? Yeah, and, and, and I get that. a bit of an issue because you buy this thinking, oh, she looks good in it, I'll look good in it. You get it, you're like, oh, that's made for like, much smaller people even when it's in my size. Yeah, because I'm 6'3", so... ASOS do a tall range and it's so nice to be able to see that on tall people see the clothes on tall people because a lot of the time I would buy things and like the sleeve would be halfway yeah. down my arm ankle or a- yeah. ankle swingers so I definitely think in a consumer sense it makes yeah. more sense to have people with normal bodies because then people get to see what it's going to look like what they're buying and the more we see it the more normalised it will get yeah. and the less we'll strive yeah. to have perfect bodies which take 100% of your time to achieve yeah but for me movie stars supermodels they have to be beautiful they have to be mm. like we should be holding up beauty we should be celebrating the most beautiful and what makes you able to grace the cover of that magazine is the uniqueness of your beauty you know and I d- that's why i don't think every average we should be scaling down or lowering our standards of beauty so that it can be inclusive in air quotes because everything has to be inclusive now well i like the best you know if i want to see a doctor i want to see the best doctor if i want to there's the per- look at perfectionism someone, coming out yeah but yeah. like i know what you mean yeah. you know we we should be celebrating the people that are the best at something and when it comes to well, modeling and things like that it. yeah but That's also well yeah when it comes to things like modeling and stuff like that the whole thing is about beauty that's what yeah. attracts people to what they're selling 
So, you know, it's, it's again, it's all this kind of like social engineering all the time. I think a lot of the body positivity is kind of that virtue signaling that fake. No one, like you said in the beginning, no one actually believes that morbid obesity is beautiful and healthy, but it's the trendy thing to do. So we're going to pop um, someone like that on a magazine. And that again, I think people who who are in the body positivity movement think that anybody who says that's not healthy is like that person is not worthy of it's not good enough it's not it's not about the person you know it's about they are a good you know good enough person to be in society we're not saying mm. anything about their worth and value we're just saying that part aspect of their personhood should not be glorified because no. that aspect of them is not ideal is not, is not good and it yeah. is a weird one because yeah. if somebody was addicted to alcohol or drugs we would say that's not healthy like yeah. we we can help you but as soon as you mention it with eating like it, it's another addiction isn't it why is it so stigmatized and i i get it's kind of contradictory to what i've been saying today i think we've all contradicted ourselves today yeah. i think that's you know the way i was actually going to conclude it because mm. i think we have because i think we all have different feelings towards it we all have issues with our bodies. We all are trying to do our best. And I think we can all have empathy for, you know, displeasure with your body, can't we? But we also know what is healthy. You can't mm -hmm. escape what is healthy. And we all know that. But it's an ideal that we can't always live up to. On that joyful note, <laughs> good I luck living up to the ideal. <laughs> it's never light with us. Yeah. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>